Welcome to the Badass Direct Sales Mastery Podcast with your direct sales dom, Jenny Bellinger. Badass Direct Sales Mastery is a podcast for rock star direct sales moms who are determined to make their business kick ass. Jenny will share her knowledge of effective sales and recruiting techniques, tips to get what you want from your business, and will interview direct sales professionals and leaders from various companies. The interviews will give insight to how these rock stars got to where they are and where they plan to grow in the future. And now, the direct sales dom, Jenny Bellinger. Welcome back to another episode of the Badass Direct Sales Mastery Podcast. Yes, it's me, your direct sales dom, Jenny Bellinger, and I am back and I am so excited to share Pat Hahn with you guys. Pat is someone who I met through networking probably about, I don't know, six months ago. We we met on a Zoom networking event, which means it was during like the very beginning of the COVID stuff. And we have connected and reconnected because he has an amazing product and just some really cool experiences to share with you guys about a way to help build and grow your business. So let me tell you a little bit about Pat and then I'll bring him in. So Pat has led a winding path to get into the world of sales and marketing with jobs ranging from wedding DJ and auto parts manufacturer to college volleyball coach and door-to-door vacuum salesman. Oh, so he totally feels our pain, except he literally got doors slammed in his face. We don't have that. We just have people who ghost us. Um, He brings over 20 years of experience in sales and nearly a decade in marketing, which gives him an interesting perspective on strategies and tactics that can help move the needle on your revenue. He's from St. Louis where he lives with his wife, four kids, a pack of three dogs and seven cats. And these are his words. Please don't report him. (laughs) I'm guessing from the sheer number of animals there. Welcome to the show, Pat. Thank you so much. Excited to be here and uh, great to see you again. Yeah. Well, we saw each other for like three seconds before I'd we had to virtually turn off the video. see you, you know, <laughs> audioly seeing you. It, look, in COVID world, we'll take what we can get these days. I'm talking to someone that I'm not related to. So that's a win in my book. Amen. Absolutely. So let's start with because, you know, as as I told you before we started recording, my audience are people who are in the, the world of direct sales. So mm-hmm. we are used to hearing no a lot. And you obviously went through that. It, I got to hear about this door-to-door vacuum sales thing. You got to tell us that story. (laughs) So that was was a little bit out of college. So it was actually while I was coaching. So I was a division three assistant volleyball coach, which I think if I remember correctly, paid a whopping like three to $4,000 annually. Um, So it it was a huge paying job, but it ate up a lot of time. And it was one of my true loves. I actually went back and and went to college to get my master's kind of in that area. And and obviously putting that to great use. Um, Hey, I I, I coach uh, (laughs) fifth and sixth grade to do a YMCA volleyball. So we're using that master's degree in sport management. But in the middle of all of that, you know, we, we had to pay the bills, you know, rent wasn't going to go away and utilities and all that kind of stuff. So my dad was a salesman for years, uh, still is, uh, owns his own company. And I just literally answered a, uh, an ad from somewhere. And within the first week or so I had sold a, a $1,500 vacuum cleaner door to door and, got a paycheck and was like, Hey, this isn't too bad. And 
ended up not being exactly the right fit for me, but I got to explore all of central Illinois in a 15 passenger van uh, hauling around guys and, uh, and vacuum cleaners. So yeah, it's, uh, I've literally, you know, had the, the window, uh, you know, curtain pushed aside to see who's at the door and not have the door open um, yeah. or have the, who is it? Nope. And the door close in your face. So the way I look at it, no is an easy answer. That's way better than a Rottweiler or a, a, a window <laughs> or a door slammed or just people not answering. So yeah, it's a, uh, it, it helps with the thick skin uh, from that standpoint, but uh, yeah, it's, it, it definitely has led to the path of kind of where I'm at now. And so for that, I'm appreciative at least. Absolutely. I mean, we all have that first job that, that really kind of helped us learn about the world, right? Mm -hmm. You know, mine was McDonald's. Yeah. I was that kid who worked at McDonald's in high school. Yeah. But it really helped me learn customer service and work ethic. And, you know, I found out that I am the most amazing. Maybe I should have known podcasting was going to be a thing of the future for me because the the job where they kept putting me because they kept getting compliments was I was the drive-through voice. Nice. You know, and so give, give her a headset and a mic and let her go to work, right? Exactly. <laughs> I should have known that I was going to end up in the podcasting or radio or something world because you know, I regularly got kudos from from the customers and the drive-through and from Absolutely. my manager. They cuz they always had a headset on listening and they were like, "Man, you actually seem like you enjoy this." And I'm like, "Yeah, because I get to like be the first thing they hear, you yeah. know." And just and, have that interaction, you know, having yeah. that you're not just in there kind of flipping things or, you know, whatever, you get to have that, that interaction. That's the part that, you know, why I like just talking to people right now, you know, when we're, we're stuck at home and, you know, all of that, having those connections is something that is so valuable, both just personally, because as an extrovert, just being stuck in my home office basement is a, is a challenge over the last six months here. But, you know, professionally, it's, it's, it's having those conversations and making those connections is, is where business happens. You know, it's, it's so often, you know, people connect with who you are as a business mm. and, and, you know, who you are as your business, sometimes more so than even your product. You know, I, I know I have clients that do business with us because of me and in some cases tolerate the product or, you know, have been drawn to the product because of the conversations, because of, you know, a chat over a beer or something like that. And then that opens up the door that opens up the opportunity. So, you know, having those conversations is a big piece of the puzzle. And honestly, it's where we connected, you know, we connected in that networking world. You know, you weren't a cold call, you weren't a, you know, a cold email or something like that. I didn't knock on your door. We, we connected virtually, had a connection, you know, went from there and, and here we are today. Absolutely. And I, I have this conversation with my clients all the time. Look, I, I don't care what you sell, whether it's oils or skincare or nutritional products or whatever. I don't mm-hmm. care what you sell. People aren't buying the thing. They are buying you. And see, so you just you just put the stamp on that, right? Like, Absolutely. Seriously, people are buying you. So you know, if you're out there being your authentic self, being this person who is connecting with other human beings, you know, because keep in mind, you know, now granted, you're in kind of a, a unique position in that there aren't many people who do what you do with the company that you're with, right? Mm-hmm. Whereas the person who's listening to this right now, there are thousands of other consultants who do the same thing they do. Absolutely. Absolutely. So why them, you know? Here's the thing I talk about with that all the time. It's why you see from 
especially real estates and insurance companies or insurance agents, why so much of their advertising is with their face, their picture. I, I, we, I always have a joke with some of my friends who are in the real estate space that, you know, every business card has their picture on it. Every sign has their picture on it. Every flyer has their picture on it because there might be, you know, a thousand Keller William agents or a thousand Coldwell banker, or a thousand state farm people, you know, within a given city. So you have to distinguish yourself and you can't do it just by the company that you work for. You're doing it in your personal brand. And 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 who it is that you're working with and who it is that you are, you know, that's what sets the stage for, uh, you know, your your persona, you know, your your brand is you, you know, when you're in a world where there are, you know, thousands, if not tens of thousands of you, you know, your brand is how you distinguish yourself. And so, you know, it, it's it's all about how do you exude that brand? How do you present that brand? How do you get that brand out there? And that's, I think that's from a, a standpoint of, you know, where tools like social media, where tools like, you know, the email marketing and marketing automation that we have, like podcasts, like things like this can be such a powerful resource because it gives people the chance to sort of cut through the, uh, you know, the print and become the personality. You know, you you don't want to. I mean, and your, your podcast is a great example of this, Jenny. It's, uh, you know, there might be 200 podcasts out there talking about direct sales and direct marketing and things like that. And you stand out, you, you know, you are yourself, you are your brand, you are you. And that's what makes, that's what makes people connect. You know, that's what, there's that authenticity um, that people are drawn to. And I think that's one of the key things that, you know, you just have to be effective with and, and what you're doing is, you know, not just here's the product and I'm going to sell the feature of the product. It's here's who I am and making the connection with you. And, and then how can that help you beyond that? Absolutely. Yes, so true. And so you 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 cracked open the door a little bit there. So let's talk a little bit about what you do and you know how people who are in the direct sales world can possibly benefit from your knowledge and experience. So you're with a a company called Benchmark that Correct. does email a whole bunch of marketing. Stuff. Yeah, a whole bunch. <laughs> We've of got stuff. all kinds of good things going the, on right now. But the two that I'm I'm most aware of are the email marketing and the the CRM. And for mm-hmm. and for the listener who's listening right now who who's never heard that term because they are brand spanking new to the world of business, CRM is a customer relationship management tool. So it's how you keep track of all the people you're talking to who might become customers, how you keep track of the people that you currently have as customers and former customers as well. And then I'm probably leaving off a whole a whole multitude of people that they could also be managing relationships with. But those are the three basic groups that they would want to be tracking that in order to make sure that they're maintaining their level of business and or growing their level of business. So let's talk about some of that. So Absolutely. first of all, let's start with the email piece. Is email marketing dead? Absolutely not. In fact, it, I, I think I think people have been trying to stick a fork in email marketing for about a decade and a half now. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the funny thing is, it still remains the most effective way to grow your business. And that's that's not by any means to say that all of the other newer tools can't be effective mediums. And we're on one right now. Podcasting can absolutely be a resource. You know, social media is a huge play. Um, and one of the big things that people run into is that, you know, all a lot of these other tools, uh, especially some of the newer ones, when you get into, you know, the Twitters and the Instagrams and the, um, the Facebooks and, you know, even with LinkedIn, you dive into podcasting or doing uh, webinars or things like that. 
a lot of those resources can be done at little to no cost. The challenge with virtually all of them is that you don't own the access to your audience. Correct. You know, if if Facebook changes their algorithm tomorrow, you could very easily lose access to, you know, 50, 60, 70 percent of your audience unless you pay, um, you know, and that's mm-hmm. the way that they've set up the game. In fact, you know, I've, I've been at this uh, for just about a decade now as far as email marketing and living in this world. And, you know, when we first started, Facebook was very much you know, hey, here's the world, here's the people that are your friends, and you can reach any and all of them with every post. And then all of a sudden, about four or five years ago was when the revenue model really kicked in. And, you know, they greatly reduced the the number of people with their, you know, tweaks in their algorithm that would actually see what it is that you're putting out there without you paying to play. And so when it comes to any of those kinds of tools, while they all can be very effective, the one thing that email does differently is that you own that conversation. If you have a list of a hundred people, a thousand people, a hundred thousand people, you have the opportunity anytime to send an email to those people and to all of those people that you decide to connect with. Um, and, And what numbers have shown is that email marketing drives more revenue than any of the social media tools. Now, again, doesn't mean social media is bad. Social media absolutely has a place in the things that you should be doing, um, you know, and connecting with your audience and, uh, you know, having that personal brand, but an actual driving of sales, you know, uh, think about it from a big company perspective. How often do you go to Cole's website or to Cole's Facebook page to see what the special is or to see what the deal is or something like that? You're probably going to get an email to your inbox that says, here's the deal, here's the special, here's the things, and that's going to motivate you back to the website that's going to motivate you to go into the store to then take action and that's being driven not by their twitter feed not by their uh their facebook feed things like that it's being driven because you're on the email list you know so there's there's power in having that connection and anymore that connection is to people's pockets you know you're dropping an email most times 60 to 70 percent of the time in somebody's phone which sits right there on their person just about 24-7 for most folks. So it's this immediate connection that you have to people that they don't have to search for you. You're mm-hmm. basically reaching out and shaking their hand and saying, hey, what's up? You know, so it's a great, powerful tool from that end. Absolutely. And so I, I love your answer because that's one of the things that I have personally been struggling with. Like, you know, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be honest. I read virtually. Not you. I know. I read virtually <laughs> zero of the emails that come into my promotional folder Mm -hmm. on my computer. I oftentimes just blind select all and delete it. Cause if I haven't read it by now, I'm not going to. Right. Mm -hmm. So that there's that part of me going, well, that's what I do. And of course we as human beings assume that whatever we do is what other people do. Right. Sure. Sure. And so knowing that, how is it that you guys as an email marketing firm, Mm -hmm. Do you work with your clients to make sure that their emails aren't ending up in a promotional folder versus the inbox? Here, here's the thing. And it's funny that you, you mentioned the promotional folder. So that was one of the, the uh, proverbial uh, nails in the coffin that people you know projected uh, for email marketing when it rolled out by Gmail. Oh, goodness. It was probably three, four or five years ago now. Yeah. And everybody said, oh, they're, they're rolling out the promotions folder. Nobody will ever open a, a newsletter or a promotional email again. Funny thing was, across the industry, there was essentially no movement when it came to average open rates. So what what happened was, 
for a lot of people, it actually changed the game for them because when people visit promotion folders now, um, first of all, not everybody uses them. I use Gmail. In fact, I have like four email addresses in Gmail um, <laughs> for different different entities, different brands, different personal stuff, whatever. Right. Um, I don't actually use the promotions folder. You can turn it off. So a lot of people have disabled it. So even though it's there, it doesn't have to be used. But what's interesting we have found is that when people go to the, their promotions folder, they're actually spending time in there. You know, so people, when they take the time to go in, are looking actively at the things. It's not like your newsletter or your thing is being dropped in in the middle of their workday. And, you know, they're just sort of bypassing it in the course of, you know, trying to get done with the regular work. When they're taking the time to actively go into the promotion folder is when they have time to actually see what's in there. Now, the flip of that is how can you make sure that no matter what folder you end in, whether it's the inbox, the promotions folder or wherever, that people are paying attention. And that all comes back to value. You know, that all comes back. And that's maybe, you know, the, one of the biggest things to kind of share with your audience is that all of you are selling product. How many of you want to be sold to though? You know, and here's the easy answer. Virtually none of you. Oh, Nobody wants to be banged <laughs> over the head day in and day out with sale, 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 buy this, buy this. Here's my product. Here's my product. I mean, that will tune people out and turn them off. Um, and so the, the key becomes, it's not what is the product that you're selling. It's what is the experience? What is the the end game solution? What is the the why of what you do? What is that? And how can I tie content around it that will keep people engaged? So I'll give you a great example in, in my world in particular. So one of the audiences that I actually work with is school districts. So we work with, I've got school districts across the country um, and I do a bi-weekly newsletter. So every other Tuesday, this thing goes out the door. And, and the only piece of the puzzle that we solve from a communication standpoint for school districts is email marketing. So email newsletters, you know, whether it be that the district or the school level. But when I send out my newsletter, I talk about email newsletters. I share resources around email newsletters, but I also do things like talk about social media strategy. I share resources. I just, one I just did last week, I shared how to remove the background on a picture. I'll talk about podcasting. I've, I just grabbed an article I'm gonna share next week that talks about uh, redoing your website uh, and strategies behind that. Now, note, none of those things are things that I do. None of those things are resources that I sell, but for my audience, that are in the communication space in the K-12 world, that's everything to them. And so what it does is it keeps people consistently opening my message. It keeps me in front of them. It keeps my sales words in front of them without just saying, hey, do you want to buy my newsletter tool? Hey, do you want to buy my newsletter tool? <laughs> because if all I did was that, people aren't going to open. So it's thinking about that from your perspective. You know, if you're selling essential oils and the idea is around wellness and, and a healthier lifestyle, well, there's your answer. What other things can you share that are tied to that? You know, what other kind of wellness tips and, and things that aren't necessarily you aren't necessarily buy this oil to do this thing, but are in that same space. If you're selling clothing, if you're selling skincare, whatever it might be, how can you connect the dots between other content that add value to your readers and will keep them opening your message so that when you are pitching, when you are putting product out there, it gives you an opportunity. Now, you know, some of the big guys, I get 
four emails a day from Dick Sporting Goods. And the only reason I haven't opted out is I have four kids that play sports. And so <laughs> the value, they're not giving me like great stories on, you know, how to, how to coach and how to practice and things like that. But the value that they have is the savings. Well, not all of us have that luxury of, you know, every week we're rolling out new ads and we're rolling out, you know, new deals and things like that. So it's hard to have a monetary value all the time that keeps people connected, especially when we're selling in a finite space. You know, when we only have kind of a specific product line where, you know, if all of us had a, a retail store the size of Dick's, it might be a little bit easier. So it, we have to rely on that content and it doesn't always have to be stuff that we write. You know, you can absolutely grab stuff from other places and share it as part of your newsletter. In fact, I can tell you in almost 10 years of doing this, I've written three blogs ever. I hate writing. <laughs> I, I will write emails all day and I will send people emails and stuff like that. But if you said, Pat, sit down and write a blog, I will just curl up on the floor and cry. Because um, it's just not, it's not my thing. You know, I, right. we have people that do that stuff. But there's also people out there that are really good at that stuff. And, and grab those things, reframe them, you know, put them in front of your audience because it helps you become that expert. You know, I see a lot of these K-12 folks at, at conferences and they come up and they go, hey, I love getting your newsletter. I always get something out of it every single time. You know, that's why I keep paying attention, but they know who I am. Even though maybe nice. I haven't seen them for a year, it's about that personal branding. I, I'm sending it out with my company's name on it, but it's from me. So it's connecting them back to me as a person and opening those doors for me when those opportunities are in front of us. So, you know, it's, it's leveraging that opportunity in the email marketing world to be more effective in, in what it is that you're doing and connecting that audience on a consistent basis. Awesome. I love God, that. Who knew this was going to turn into my podcast? I'll let you talk here and there, I guess, right, Jenny? <laughs> Sorry, I'm a former radio no, guy from back no. in the day and a former DJ, man. You gave me a microphone. It's on. Uh, no, that's totally cool. That's that's the way this is supposed to work. Like, <laughs> I'm not even kidding you. I, I got an email from my own podcast coach who has his own podcast, and mm -hmm. he he took a screenshot of the of it of an interview he recently did. And he goes, when you look at the wave file and you can't tell who is the guest and who is the host, <laughs> the host is talking too much. Right. Yep, Literally, yep. I'm I'm. I'm not supposed to talk a lot. It's really supposed to be lots of questions and tell me more and all that fun stuff. Sure, so sure. in talking about all of this, branding yourself and connecting people with you, because one of the ways that I talk with my clients about this in the social media space is doing live videos or doing videos. If you don't feel comfortable doing them live, record a video. And then once you feel comfortable with it, then put that out there. Right. Absolutely. Um, do you have uh, the availability for people to put videos into their email newsletter? That's not going only, out to their yeah, not only do we have the availability, we recommend it. Um, oh, that sweet. People, j just like on social media. Now, here's, here's the one thing that's different. When it comes to social media, the video is going to play inside natively of whatever the platform might be, whether you're putting it on Facebook, whether you're dropping it on Twitter, Instagram, whatever it might be. Right. In email, it's a little bit different. Email, that video has to live somewhere. Now, that video could live on your social media. It could live on your YouTube channel. It could live on your website. But because of the structure of how code works in email, where it's a little bit different, uh -huh. um, you can't actually put the video inside the email to be played. Now, yeah, you it would be way to too it. big. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It just, it, it technically, and then from a file standpoint, it just wouldn't work. Uh, and that's not an <laughs> R tool standpoint. That's just the way that the industry, you know, what no, we have. agreed. So, so what we're doing is, is you're linking to those videos, but we do see that video from that perspective drives a huge number because here, here's at the end of the day, what the, what the reality is. And, and, you know, your podcast, 
podcast is a great example of this. People are inherently lazier now and lazier is probably the incorrect word they're they're more resourceful in their digestion of information um Ooh, I like, that. Do you like how i spun that um that's the political science degree in me um <laughs> so so what what's happened is is you know people we're always multitasking you know i i have a, a, a dear friend of mine again also a business coach um really focuses in the real estate market that he gets up at like four in the morning and don't ask me how, don't ask me why, that's just how he is. Um, but he's up early and one of the things he does is like, he'll go out, he lives on land and he'll go out and he'll chop wood and he'll work in the barn and do whatever, but he'll put podcasts or books on uh, on recording and he'll sit there and listen to them while he's doing his stuff. So he might listen to two or three books a week, depending on how much he's outside working, because that's how he's able to digest and multitask where, you know, the only option used to be, I have to carve out six hours this week or next week to sit down and read the book. Well, mm -hmm. the same thing holds true when it comes to video, you know, whether they're just looking at you and listening to you or simply hearing you, it's just another way to digest that information that people are audio listeners, they're audio learners. And so it gives people just another way to kind of come across and to take in that information. And, and I mean, it's that old notion, pictures can say a thousand words. Well, videos can say like a hundred thousand words, because not only is there a picture, but there's actually words behind it. So yeah. it makes it easier for people to digest. So yeah, video is a, a tremendous asset, um, no matter the medium, you know, whether you're doing it on social, whether you're doing it on an email or whatever it might be from there. And I, I think that's really cool too, because then, so let's, let's, you know, say that somebody has a YouTube channel and that's where they're pulling this from. Mm -hmm. Now, not only are you emailing people, but you still have this YouTube video out there. So if somebody and you put all the right keywords in the mm -hmm. description of your of that YouTube video, when someone goes out there and searches for, let's say, for example, using that that oils uh, example that you used before, you know, someone's putting in, you know, wellness or getting healthy or sleeping better. And you happened to make a video about sleeping better, then they're going to find that YouTube video that went out in your email marketing, but they weren't yet in your funnel, but exactly. they found you just from Googling, you know, insomnia. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Right? Cause people are going to Google the problem they have. Right. For sure. And, and here's, the, here's the thing too, you know, it, when you think about all the different tools that you, you employ, you know, whatever those might be, whether you're networking, whether you're in a BNI, whether you're um, doing email marketing, whether you're on social, you know, whether you're printing flyers and doing trade shows, whatever it may be, the way that you should be looking at these is that they're not all independent contractors, you know, that are out doing their own thing that, that, you know, the Twitter's doing its thing over there and the, the Facebook's doing its thing. And, you know, the trade shows are doing their thing. They should all be viewed as working together. You know, it, the, I use this great analogy that I'm a big fan of and, and being here in St. Louis, it's, it's a nice local relevant one. So, you know, we've got <laughs> Anheuser-Busch. So right. Anheuser-Busch is, is known for, from their marketing and, and, you know, around the area, they have those big majestic Clydesdales. Mm -hmm. and, and what you notice from a Clydesdale, you know, they're hauling horses, like they're there, they can literally move mountains. But when you notice anytime that they show them, they're all hitched together, all on one kind of entire unit, they're built as one big unit, as individual horses, and they can pull tons and tons of weight in doing so. Now, if they took those guys and put them all on their own lead and said, go, 
those horses are going to pull in all different directions and they're not going to be able to move the same amount of weight. You know, they're just not going to be efficiently pulling in the same direction. The same thing holds true when it comes to your marketing. You know, you should be using these things almost like a spider web where they should all be interconnected, but they all should be having the same purpose and the same plan. And that's, you know, putting together a strategy of, of how I'm leveraging each of these, but to make sure that they all head in the same direction. So that just like with those giant Clydesdales, we're moving the mountain and the direction that we want it to go as opposed to everything kind of being siloed in its own space. And that's where it can be the most effective in what it is that you're ultimately doing and, and, and doing that. So in your email, promoting your YouTube videos and, and talking about here's a special that we're running for our Facebook customers only or on our Facebook talking about something that you shared on your Twitter or at your trade show. Um, my wife does this. So my wife makes hair bows. And so for little girls and stuff, we've, we've got two girls here. Mm -hmm. um, and so when, when we do trade shows, when we goes to you know a craft fair or something like that, we'll actually run a special a lot of the times that says, if you go on while you're here and follow us on Facebook, we're going to give you 50% off of one of your bows. And so we're actually leveraging a trade show to get more followers on Facebook so that we can have a broader audience that we can reach on that end. So it's using all of these things and cross-promoting and leveraging them across each other so that you can get people where they are and where they want to be. And that's really one of the keys. You know, each of these different audiences can and will be different. And you're, certainly you'll have some overlap, but you'll have people that will only follow you on Instagram or that will only be on your email list or that you'll only see in networking. And so you want to make sure that you're touching people where they want to be with the content and the information that they want. Oh, my God. I oh, seriously, <sighs> with it, seriously. Yes. My as you were talking, I, I, I was like, OK, now I know what the title of this podcast is going to be, because I always try and base it off of something that the guest says. And so is your marketing a Clydesdale or a pony? Nice. Oh, wait, no, wait, no, I'm going to modify it. Is your marketing a Clydesdale team or a pony? I like it. Oh, I like it. Yes. Okay. Because this is absolutely true. Like so many people and, and I'm going to, I'm going to, again, I'm going to be authentic people up till now. Most of my stuff has been kind of helter skelter out there those those Clydesdales that are on their own individual leads instead of hitched together and yes because they only can move in a certain direction like they're not going to move backwards so my business yep. isn't, isn't moving backwards right it's not like they're pushing backwards on the on the cart but I'm not moving forward as quickly as I could be because my marketing hasn't been all tied together mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. in a consistent things. So <laughs> yes, I'm I'll so send excited. you that invoice later. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and, and honestly, it, and this is even beyond the scope of kind of what we're all about, but it all comes back to planning. Yeah. Planning, planning is the key. You know, it, it, it's what we see, especially with, with small business owners, especially with people who are newer to the sales and marketing space, or maybe don't have a lot of background. So I've been in sales for 20 years. So I, I've got some, some experience as far as, you know, moving the needle when it comes to some of this stuff. But what we find is that if you don't plan, and, and I don't mean like just think in your head, here's what I want to do, sit down and write out, you know, what the what the game plan is for the next three months or the next six months. And it doesn't have to be like 
infinitely specific. Like you don't have to sit down and say, okay, on October the 17th, I'm going to share a Facebook post about this topic and I'm going right. to write it all, write it all out here right now. But to say, okay, here's some of the big picture things. Like I know, I know October is this kind of a month and this is the, you know, the, the, these are the national days or October is, you know, transplant awareness month or whatever. I made that up. I have no idea. I know there is one. I don't know if it's October, you know, but, <laughs> but one of the things that fit in line with, um, you know, Google some of those national holidays, you know, and sometimes it's the fun ones like, you know, national, uh, uh, you know, chocolate chip cookie. Day. Yes, exactly. You know, there's, there are about 20 of those every single day. How do yeah. those things tie into your space and, and what you're able to do and, and how can you market around those? So, those are hard to do on the fly. You know, those are hard to sit down and be like, oh God, yesterday was XYZ day and that would have been perfect, but I missed it, you know, because if you sit down and you look ahead and you actually plan it out at a basic level, two things happen. Number one, it becomes easier because you're not having to figure it out as you go. You actually have a plan. Number two, you can be more productive with what you're doing because if I know that, you know, I might put an article out there about topic XYZ, and that's going to happen in three weeks because I, I just know that's a general space that I want to go. I can be looking for examples. I can be looking for articles that fit that space. So now it's not, I literally had this happen with one of my clients, a dear friend, um, been working with them for a number of years. I sat down and I said, so how do you come up with content? And we were sitting in his office and no joke, this is what he does. He leans back in his chair and he yells, hey guys, what should we send out tomorrow? <laughs> that's how they came up with their content for their email. And that's obviously, then it's just whatever's top of mind with no rhyme or reason behind it. So right. if you can sit down and put, and it doesn't have to be like a spend six hours, you know, take half an hour and just do some basic framework around the next month, the next three months, the next six months, whatever you feel comfortable doing. And it'll go a long way in helping make sure that those, those horses are all hitched together rather than just sort of roaming through the fields. Oh my God. Yes, 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 yes. Uh, you know, it, I can't even tell you the number of statistics that are out there for the people who plan their business and, and the likelihood that they're going to succeed versus the people who don't do anything and they just fly by the seat of their pants and how many of those people succeed. Those are two very different numbers, people. Absolutely. I mean, and, and Pat is totally correct in saying that it doesn't have to be this planning process doesn't have to be 6 10 12 hours of planning in one sitting it can literally be spending so i'm going to use myself as an as an example yesterday i spent 30 minutes planning my facebook content calendar for my community for the badass direct sales mastery community sat down and figured it out because I was like, what do my people, what do my mm-hmm. tribe, what do my clients need to know to move their business forward? What are the topics that they need to have an awareness of that they don't know exists? Or what are the things they do know exist, but they need to know the little minutia pieces that, that mm-hmm. you know, again, tie together as part of that team thing, right? And Absolutely. basically planned out I think about six topics over the next six to eight weeks. I'm sorry. No, it was more like 12 weeks because each topic had one or two pieces to it. Mm -hmm. And then it's going to be telling the story and, and blending that all together in one big fabric of business tips right? And how to grow your business in these different areas. Some of it's marketing, some of it's sales, some of it's recruiting, some, you know, it's 
it's some of its social media stuff. It's all these different little things that are that are hitting the different areas of business that they need to be aware of. But it's all going to weave together in one big long story. And it took me half an hour to sit down and just do that. And part. doesn't it feel easier now? Now oh, that you, yeah. you know that that's mapped out, it, it almost takes a load off where you can go, okay, I I feel comfortable knowing that for the next three months. I have a plan of what's coming and it's not that anxiety of, oh my God, I don't know. I, I need to be, I need to be posting. I need to be posting. What, what should I be putting out there? Well, when you have that plan and here's, here's actually a resource that, that we talk about. We've sat down and done strategy sessions with clients and in, in the past and things like that. And if you're not sure what those topics are, check out your FAQ, your SAQ and your objections. So what are frequently asked questions that you get asked, you know, as a business owner, as, as a person in sales, what are those questions that you get asked from prospective customers? What are the questions you should be getting asked that they don't know, or that they, you know, that you're having to kind of pull out of them or sort of throw in front of them. And what are objections that you get when you're talking to people? Those are great areas. If you sit down and take five minutes and just write FAQ, SAQ and objections at the top of a piece of paper and just brain dump anything that you can think of, you just came up with content ideas. You just came up with things that you can talk about and framework that you can build around from a content standpoint and, and finding articles and sharing stories and getting anecdotes and testimonials that speak to or speak against those FAQs, SAQs, and objections that will make it that much easier to figure out where that content should go on a bigger, broader scale relative to what you're company or your, your uh, industry is all about. Absolutely. And, and none of those things, again, make sure all these things are tied together. The content that you're creating can go into the email, can mm -hmm. be part of your social media stuff. So people are seeing that content over and over and over again. Absolutely. And, and let me tell you guys a little secret. When people see the same thing over and over and over again, do you know what psychologically happens they believe that they're getting a sign from the universe or God or source or goddess or whatever it is that they believe. When they see the same thing over and over and over again, their brain begins to see a pattern and goes, oh, this is a sign. <laughs> it it <laughs> right? also sticks. It also sticks. And then, then it becomes memorable. And then building up on that, the idea too that, you know, one source of content. So if you, you could take a video or a podcast or something like that, and that could very, very easily be five or 10 pieces of content. You know, you could take just out of the things that we're talking about here, you could turn around and turn that into five different uh, little blogs with just mm -hmm. some of the little uh, sections or pieces that we've talked about. You could turn that those blogs into, you know, eight or 10 different Facebook posts. You know, you could turn those things into 20 different tweets where you highlight little things that are going on um, in the story and then point back to the originals. I mean, everything that you post doesn't always have to be uniquely independent. You know, they can and should in some cases build upon each other and in the way that you just described, Jenny, you know, sort of weave that fabric through of the story that you're telling of the um, the solutions that you're providing of the you know the the, the brand that you are it's all connecting and, and telling that ongoing story you don't want things to be fragmented you don't want no. this week I'm talking about this and next week I'm talking about something that's totally in left field you're gonna you're gonna feel people like have people feel like they're, they're getting lost in the dust and you're not connecting the dots you want to keep that consistency and, and tell that story so I love the fact that you talk about you know hey I've, I've laid out this framework of of sort of these different topics and how they all relate together 
in half an hour, you know, and mm -hmm. that just shows how just a little bit of planning can make just a lot of the things that we're talking about here infinitely easier for sure. Oh, yeah. And and now granted, I'm going to tell everybody again, be totally honest, that half an hour just gave me the idea for the topics. The next half hour planning session I'm going to do, I'm going to write the posts that are associated with that topic. So, you know, I, I literally went into and I'm sharing this because people need to know how, like some people like me want to know, like, how did you do it? Where did you do it? How are you keeping track of this? I literally, <laughs> I have a Trello board and a Google drive. And, and basically what I did was I, I went in, created a Google document with a table. There's the topic, the wording, and then the date I plan on posting it. So I went in and filled in all the topics yesterday. That was my half hour. Mm -hmm. And then my next half hour is going to be typing out as many of the posts as I can get done in a half hour segment. And then that way, when it's time for me to go post, all I have to do is copy and paste and then find an image that goes with it. Absolutely. Boom, done. And then now, if I were really smart, I would get an email marketing system oh. <laughs> and send it out via email to my people too. And the nice thing is when it comes to those tools, you can schedule those in advance even. You could you could sit down and say, hey, I know that in October and in November and December, these are the things we're going to talk about. You could take an hour and build those and be done for the next quarter and have them already scheduled and ready to rock and roll. Now, Look the, the other thing, and just because I know if we keep going, we're going to talk for an hour and a half and neither of us have that time. <laughs> and y'all don't want to listen to us for an hour and a half. Um, Maybe but, they do. If they've already listened <laughs> If it this keeps far, going this far. If um, they've already made it this far, they're like, we're doing good. good stuff. They're hanging yeah. on the edge of their seats. So the, the other piece of this, and I say this again, as a sales guy who's been doing this for, for two decades now, one of the big challenges is, is keeping organized with your audience. Mm -hmm. um, and that's really where the, the CRM and marketing automation tool of, of what we're able to bring through our platform benchmark one is all about because if, if you find that you know you just have a box of business cards or you know you have a spreadsheet of all the people that are buying from you or that are your leads or things like that it's hard to keep that organized it's hard to kind of know who's where who's buying when was the last time it, and organization is key because when you are disorganized when it comes to your contacts you're losing money Plain and simple. You are you, you are losing money. You are losing revenue. You are losing opportunities. There because, is money sitting on the table waiting for you to yep. take it. All you have to do is be organized enough to, to recognize the money is there and you can go grab it. Absolutely. The, you're missing opportunities to engage or re-engage folks who are part of your world. And you've done the hard part at that point. If people are in your world, you've done the hard part. You've already found them. You've drawn mm -hmm. them in. They're they're part of your network at that point. And that's, that's the hard and honestly, that's the expensive part. So if you have them, don't let them go. It's, it's a conversation I have with clients all the time. And they're like, how do I get more leads? How do I get more leads? How do I, how do I find new people? And yes, that is an important thing. We want to keep filling the pipeline to grow. We have to be able to bring in more people, mm -hmm. but here's the reality. If, if you bring in a hundred new people, but you lose a hundred people, you're, you're still net even, zero. you're not growing at all. So a big part of, you know, there's that hunting, you know, hunting mentality. If you look at any, any sales uh, post for jobs and stuff, they're looking for those hunters. They want to go out there and find those deals. Well, the reality is you can 
survive and thrive by having a small hunting mentality and a huge gathering mentality to, to keep those people that are already part of the family in the family, to make them repeat customers, to make them referral uh, partners, to, mm -hmm. you know, make them champions of, of who you are and what you do, because those are the folks that will be the highest dollar folks. You don't have to sell them again. You've already convinced them. You just have to show them the next thing, the new thing, the, uh, you know, when they run out of the thing, whatever it might be, you just need to make sure that you're front and center for them when it comes to that stuff. You don't have to try to convince them that, you know, hey, you're good. Yeah. You just have to convince them to keep coming back. And so by using tools like what we're talking about, email marketing, using tools like CRM platforms where you can take those notes and, you know, remember who these people are and when was the last time and, and stay organized. Is there a cost to it? Absolutely. There's a financial investment that comes in, but from a financial standpoint, you're going to see that returned time and time again because you're better organized and who it is that you're reaching out to because you can target people that haven't made a purchase in three months or six months or something like that. And you can easily find them because the other piece of this is time is money, you know, it, it, especially, especially in your guys' world where, you know, you don't have, I have a marketing team. If I need something done, I can go to my marketing team and say, hey, marketing team, can you put this together for me? And I don't have to spend time on it. A lot of you guys don't. You don't have a marketing team. You know, your marketing team we is- We are the you, marketing when, team. When you put the other hat on, <laughs> or, or maybe if you ask like your daughter or your son to jump in and help with something, you know, that might be the closest you have a marketing team or, or you know, something to that end. It, it, if you're spending more time doing other things- you can't be focused on growing your business and doing stuff there. So the more time you have to spend in trying to figure out who the people are I should be reaching out to is time that you could actually be reaching out to people. So it, it's the idea is, is trying to make that stuff more efficient whenever and wherever possible. And, and it just depends on at what level you're at. If the idea is just, hey, we just want to do some email marketing and we just need to be able to organize people into some lists email marketing through a tool like our benchmark email is a great way to go. If you've kind of gotten to the point where, you know, hey, it's not just a communication, but I need to keep track of, you know, when people were making purchases, conversations that I've had with folks, you know, things like that, jumping into a benchmark one kind of a tool makes that very easy and very effective where, you know, you don't have to rely on your brain to remember the last conversation that you've had with every single customer. I'll give you a hint. I would fail that miserably, man. Four kids and, <laughs> and work from home six, you know, six months during COVID and all of that. If you saw my desk right now and the notes that I have and the stuff that I put in my CRM, you would know that, you know, I, I can't live without it. So I can jump into it and say, I know exactly the last conversation I had with somebody because it's written down because I know that it ha I have it here. So, you know, it's, it's about finding tools. You know, you talk about Trello and things like that. Yeah. You know, it's, it's using tools to make the sales and marketing process, the growth of your organization, the growth of your business as efficient and effective as possible. Because at the end of the day, the more we spend on the back office stuff is the less we're spending on the selling stuff. And the back office stuff, while very important and is integral as far as growth and scalability and things like that, it doesn't make us money. It just helps us make money. Right. Well, and I think out of all of that that you just covered, uh, what just really, a little bit. What do you mean all a little of that? Bit. Yeah. I only talked about one or two things. Right. Just one or two things. But I, I, what stood out to me is, first of all, if you're not maintaining the customers you have, any new ones you get are not growth. Yeah, they're just right? replacements. And Absolutely. 
I mean, there again, the number of statistics that are out there, the surveys, the studies that have been done when it comes to customer retention and the importance of it, you know, I, I've got an infographic on my level up coaching blog where people can go look and see it, it was a study done by a very reputable source. If I remember correctly, it was Harvard, Harvard business uh, school. Oh, just those guys. It's just yeah. those guys, you know, um, but that, that infographic talks about, and, and these numbers stood out to me. And this is something that has stayed in my head. Cause I wrote that blog, I think two years ago mm-hmm. was something like, you know, when you maintain a customer, they're something like 67% more likely to buy a new product from you compared to a new customer. Mm-hmm. Because again, that that thing that you brought up, which is they already know and like you, they've already purchased from you before. And as long as they had a good or great experience with that previous purchase, they're going to do it again. You have credibility. Right. You already have credibility with them. And so it's easier to go back to that well. Absolutely. And what I and what I also thought was fascinating is a an existing customer is 31% more likely to spend more money than Mm -hmm. a new customer would. So an existing customer is going to be more likely to, so if your new service or your new product is 20, 25, 30% more expensive than the previous product they purchased, they're more likely to do it than if you were to take this new, more expensive product to a new customer and say, hey, you want to buy this? Right. Because that new person, they don't know about the product. They don't know about you. They don't know about the company. Exactly. So taking care of your existing customer base is extremely important. And if you don't have a system in place and, and as a coach systems and processes, right. That's what it all comes down to with me, even though that's not what I tell people I do, but it is what I do. I help my clients establish systems and processes. And in this case, maintaining your customer relationships in a way that is easy for you. It's all in one spot, such as a CRM. It might be benchmark one. It might be another one because somebody who's listening right now their company might already offer them Mm -hmm. an opportunity for that. But if your company doesn't have one for you to utilize, or maybe you've tried the one that they offer and you don't like it, I'm telling you right now, guys, reach out to Pat, have a conversation and find out if this is something that could work for you and your business. Because honestly, taking care of the current people you've got and being able to manage your conversations with potential clients right? Because you, you can tag people in your, in your CRM Mm. as potentials, as currents, as, as former customers who haven't bought in a certain amount of time to try and re-engage those people. Right. So there are a lot of different ways that you can manage those different relationships. And by having a system that's already been built, already been put in place, you don't, you don't have to go out and create this thing because there are many CRMs out there, but you got to find the one that works for you. And every one of us has a, a different way of thinking of things and doing things. But if somebody has been listening to you going, Oh my God, he's so right. I need this. You guys, but you got to, first of all, if you're saying that, let my wife know, cause that's not, <laughs> that's not something I hear very often around here. Um, I'd appreciate that. Um, you can go ahead and hit me at Twitter and let me know. And, and I can share that with her. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it, it's, it's at the end of the day, it's about, 
staying connected. It's about staying in front of people. It's about being organized. It's, you know, it's about taking, we can have the best laid plans, but if we're not putting into practice those plans, you know, they're just, they're just notes on a piece of paper. They're just ideas in your head. And, and you've got to make sure that you have the right tools and you make that investment in yourself. I mean, it, that, that's, when we start to see companies that decide that, you know, I, and whether you're a big company or a little company, you can be a, a one person, you know, selling your oils, you could be a giant multinational health insurance company. When you decide that you're going to put your foot down and you're going to make that investment in your growth, that's when you see the needle getting moved. You know, if you keep doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results, you're probably my 13 year old, but beyond <laughs> that, uh, you know, you're, you're only going to move the needle as far as, you know, you can, again, a, a good, that good buddy of mine um, that's in the, in the, the real estate coaching space. One of his favorite phrases is, is you're never going to outwork stupid. And so it's, it's no. being smart about the things that you're doing. It's using logic and tools and resources to make you more effective and more efficient. Because at the end of the day, you can, I mean, you can work an 18 hour day, but I don't think anybody wants to do that to grow their no. business. You know, you want to work the, the time that you want to work, but you want that time to be as efficient as possible so that you can enjoy the kids, you can enjoy the family, you can enjoy the things that, you know, that growing the business and making the money allows you to do. It's great to, to make money and to have a productive business, but if you can't spend it and you can't have fun with it and do something with it, you're just a rich boring person and nobody yeah. wants to do that. <laughs> that doesn't yeah. sound like a fun Saturday. No, not so much. Not so much. Well, okay. So listener, you've now been listening to this this far. You've made it this far. So obviously you found this to be of value. If you have questions and so Pat, if someone wanted to reach out to you, how would you like them to contact you to, to have a discussion either about the email side or the CRM or maybe both? Or if they just want to chat, absolutely. I said, anytime I can talk to somebody that's not my kids these days, I'll take it. Um, <laughs> probably the, the best way to catch me is just to shoot me a quick email. Um, you can find me pat.hawn, that's H-A-W-N, like Goldie, pat.hawn at benchmarkemail.com. Cool. And and my listeners know, and I'm, I'm going to tell them right now again, if you're driving or maybe you're folding laundry right now and you don't have a, a pen and paper close by, all you have to do is grab your phone, click on the episode, scroll to the show notes, and you're going to see Pat's email right there. Click his email, shoot him a quick email, let him know that number one, you enjoyed this episode. I hope you laughed because I know I did. And then secondly, if you found this to be of interest and, and you're wanting to kind of figure out how email marketing could work for you or how getting a CRM going could work for you, then Pat is your guy to at least begin that conversation with and have a discussion about how this works and how does his system work. And he'll show you. I know that because he's shown me how his system works and well, you know, after hearing about the team of Clydesdales, well, I'm sick of having all my ponies running in 12 different directions. <laughs> it's time to hitch them all together, right? Absolutely. So. And, and and if you're hesitant to reach out, just know that I am not Mr. Used Car Salesman. Um, nope. As as a former volleyball coach and, and actually still one for, for the younger kids now, I'm a big fan of having a conversation. And if, if there is a fit, if there's something that makes sense, we can jump into it. But I am not the guy who's going to be like, oh, you should buy this. You should be if you, if you buy this, then we'll talk. If you, no, that's not, that's not how I play. 
If you want to chat, if you want to learn more, if you have questions about things that we've even talked about and the software maybe even is in a fit, just reach out. I'm, I'm happy to talk. Like I said, I'm uh, my wife will tell you, I will talk anybody's ear off. And the fact that this was a <laughs> 18 to 25 minute uh, podcast that I, I think we passed that limit twice um, will tell you that I will chat with anybody any day, anytime, and, and uh, hopefully walk is... away with a smile on our face. So, well, and that, and that's the whole thing. It, it was, it was extremely valuable information. It, it was a great conversation with, with, it wasn't just educational. It was entertainment too. And that's what, I, that's why I was like, I have to get you on the podcast. Cause every time we meet, I laugh. Oh, every time we meet, I think we schedule for 20 or 30 minutes. And I think we look and there's an hour has passed. So we should have known this was coming. Exactly. Exactly. Well, and I know you've got another, another meeting coming up very, very quickly. So I am going to go ahead and, and put an end to this uh, at this point. Absolutely. So thank you so much for your time and your expertise and sharing it with, with my audience. I, I know if not all of them are grateful, at least most of them probably are. <laughs> and the rest of them, ah, whatever. So yeah, well, Jenny, no. thanks so much for having me on. Um, I, I always love getting the chance to talk to you and I'm sure we'll catch up again soon because quite frankly, you make me smile every time we do. So oh, I'll, I'll take that go. anytime I can get it. Absolutely. Well, guys, remember, if you want to get a hold of Pat, just just go into the show notes, click the email, send him a quick message, and make sure you also stay tuned because there is another badass episode on the way right now. Thanks for listening to the Badass Direct Sales Mastery Podcast with your direct sales dom, Jenny Bellinger. Why are you waiting to go to badassdirectsalesmastery.com? Don't make the dom get her whip. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to share it with another rock star that you know in direct sales after you subscribe to the podcast so you won't miss any future episodes. You can also check out the show notes for links and any contact information mentioned in today's episode. We'll see you next time.